Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. As uh, Carolina mentioned, I, uh, Aisha and I uh, were running churches. We were overseeing five locations, one in Brisbane, uh, four in Sydney, and uh, having a ball. I was on the national executive of our movement at the time. I was on the state executive, the youngest man to ever be on the national executive. I was literally, uh, when I first got on, I was 34 years old. Like the average age was like 50 something. And here's me, like this young guy. Uh, I was a part of the whole journey, changing the name from Christian Arrow Center to INC. I was the youngest on the national executive that the time so they didn't want to hear from the old guys so literally I was the voice to the young generation of a of a name change for our movement it was exciting to be a part of it and the whole transition of it and uh and in the middle of it all we're building churches we've just done a two and a half million dollar building fit out for our new building in our church and uh we're doing our next miracle offering and I felt God say to me clear as day as I'm praying believing what figure God's going to give me uh to give this year uh, that year I felt God say to me you're going to have multiple businesses within the next 12 months and I'm like yeah, right. Where am I going to get the time to have multiple businesses in the next four months? We just finished building one, uh, an amazing home uh, in Winston Hills, looking out over Parramatta. And uh, so I went back to my wife and said, I think we need to sell our home uh, and give it up uh, and, 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 and take the money we have and buy businesses because I know God's favor is attached to obedience. And uh, not really not the, realizing at the time that God actually wanted us to hand the churches over for a season. And so... Uh, we, we talked it through and agreed, and then we we're going away to America for a month. And in that process, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I don't want you just to uh, sell your house. I want you to walk away from it all and, uh, and, and give it to the next uh, person. And I want you to take you on a journey into business and into the, the field. Now, for me, I'm passionate about raising uh, uh, an army of business people that are going to finance the kingdom of God. And are going to come with, you know, I was just saying to Pastor Ross Abraham, the leader of our movement the other day, to me, I dream of when I... I know that we're having another $50 million of extra income that we're sowing into the churches and saying, here you go, pastors, go plant another church, go plant, go, go start another ministry, go do this thing. Could you imagine what we could do? See, all the pastors, I'm great friends with them all, and I know they don't lack vision. That, that's not what holds them back. What ultimately holds them back, if Sam and Carolina were given another $3 million tomorrow, I know right now they would have enough vision in their hearts to activate that finance straight away. You know what the lack is? The gift of a giver. The people that are sitting here today with businesses, driving beautiful cars and doing all those things, and then just tipping God with, the, with just the increase that God's given them. And I feel a stirring in my heart to be able to stir that gift. If, you've got a gift, if you're in business today, can I, can I call you to be able to come and realize that you are, that's just a vehicle. Business is a vehicle to outwork the gift of God on your life, that we can come and partner and be ministers just as the pastor or anyone else is as a minister of the gospel. And um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy 1, 3-7. Th- I just want to read this and just give you a little bit of background. Here's, Timothy, uh, here's uh, Paul writing to Timothy. This is the last book of the Bible or the last letter that, Timoth- that, that Paul ever writes. And he writes to his close uh, uh, mentor, uh, what do you want to put it, close um, apprentice, if you want to put it, that he's invested into him. This is like the last letter he ever writes just before he's about to die in, in jail. And he writes it. If you read 2 Timothy, you see there's a heartfelt uh, voice 
coming from Paul to Timothy. It, it, it's, it's personal because he knows his life's about to finish. Paul said, I've fought the good fight. I've, I've finished the race. He, he's right at this moment, and he's writing his last letter to Timothy. Saying, uh, uh, and he says these moments and memorable things. But we see here in, in uh, 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 7, if you want to look at it from the NIV, I'm not sure what version you've got up there. We're going to have the NIV version. It says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. How an incredible thought. He, he starts to talk about the moments that he had with Timothy as they were ministering together. He says, I recall the tears as we were planning another church as we were ministering to another family, as we were impacting another city. He says, I, I, I recall the tears that, that you, you bled with me and you cried with me as we ministered this gospel. And I, I so long to see you. Timothy's out running a church at the time and Paul's in Rome in prison, in chains. And, he's, and he starts to, re, to remember the moments that he's having with Timothy. He says, so that my joy may be fulfilled, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm persuaded, now lives in you also. See, their relationship wasn't for just a short period of time. They'd been doing this journey for a long time. Actually, he saw the generations. That was a legacy that was now left to Timothy. And he'd seen this young guy and it was his last letter he wrote. So he, he was like, I want to invest into you as my apprentice because I've seen this incredible faith that first started in your grandmother and then in your mother. And now I am persuaded in with you. Whatever he's going to say next, you know, it's pretty important, right? You know, you've got to remember, this is the last letter that Paul ever wrote. Paul wrote most of the New Testament outside of the Gospels. And this is his last letter and he's, he's talking to this young man and he's, 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 he's remembering the moments they had and, and seeing the legacy he has and he's ready to deposit something powerful. And he says this, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, how funny is this? He says, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God that's in your life with the laying on of my hands. The hard thing is, they're nowhere near each other. Paul is in a Roman prison. Timothy's out building and planting churches. But I just wonder if once again, was this was just a, a reminder of the first time that he, he stood in agreement with him and he, and he laid hands on him and the impartation of the gift of God rose in Timothy and the call of God gripped his life. And, and once again, Paul here is reminding him, remember that time I laid hands on you and the call of God was stirred in you. He's reminding him again, fan into flame that moment when God first spoke to you, when the call of God gripped you and the gift that was in you was all of a sudden birthed because it's in that place that I know you're going to have the impact. He says, fan into flame with the laying on my hands for God did not give you for, for the spirit of God gave us gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline what an amazing thought can I pray dear Lord Jesus God every single one of us in this place today have a unique call 
a unique destiny and a unique gift. God, I pray that you would stir in our hearts afresh tonight that call of God in our lives, what, you, what you've placed us on this earth for. God, that bring heaven to earth, that, that call and destiny and the gift that you've placed in us. God, I pray you would just afresh fan into flame that call again. Speak to us afresh tonight that we would run with endurance the race that you've called us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but growing up, I used to love getting gifts, you know, for birthday, for Christmas, to be honest with you. I so wanted a motorbike, and I used to pester my mum and dad year after year for my birth, birthday and Christmas, can you buy us a motorbike? And it would go through, and I wouldn't have a motorbike. My mum and dad were off planting churches from the, the age um, of zero through to 10. My dad had planted like 12 churches. So every second week, they would jump in the bus, and they would go out and plant churches. And so my dad would be gone every second week, and then he'd be, he'd be back, and he'd minister in the church for the week. And then the next week, he'd jump onto the team in the bus, and they'd go out and plant churches like Dubbo and Orange and, and Parks. And all through the New South Wales, he was out every second week planting churches. So my mom and dad never really had that much money. But we were on acreage, and I always wanted a motorbike. I'll be honest with you, I never got it. I ended up buying it myself when I was 17 years old, and I got a job. But I couldn't wait for this, and I never got it. But, you know, so when it comes to me being a parent, it comes to the stage where I had a bit more money than my mum and dad as my kids were growing up. So Aisha and I really wanted to give the gifts that our kids wanted. And... uh, I remember Isaiah was turning, uh, he was 12, turning 13 at Christmas time, and he wanted a drone. Is any of the, anyone's kids, can, can I just have the house lights up a fraction just so I can see people's eyes? Is that all right, if possible? Anyone here um, have to buy their kid a drone? There we go, there's some hands here. And, and, uh, and so my, our son would not stop pestering us about the drone and what drone he wanted and and it was like super expensive and uh, and so I'm like Asia I don't think we can buy this drone for him and uh and and so I jump online start searching out and I found the the right drone that a guy his wife had gifted it uh, bought it for him but it wasn't the right drone he wanted so he was putting it back on eBay to sell and I got a really really good deal on it so I I bought this drone and I bought it all with the whole kit and everything and Isaiah just kept on pestering us. Mum and Dad, are you buying this drum line? So I eventually got to the stage where I said to him, and I don't know if any parents have done this, I said, if you keep on talking to me, I'm going to buy you a bag of salt. I literally told him that, and he's like, and, and you know what he kept on doing? He kept on pestering me. Are you buying me this drum? And just, just kept on going, so come to Christmas. And we're all handing out the gifts. And, uh, and, and so we got all the bags wrapped. And I put it in a box so, the, so it looked like a drone. And, and, um, and I put the drone out the back in, in, in the garage. And so it comes to Chris, we get that to him. And we give him it. He opens it up. There's a couple of undies in there. And then underneath the undies is a bag of salt. And then we just keep on moving on. So I, I, I think, ah, he's laughing like, yeah, you're being funny. And then we just move on. We just start giving off everyone else's gifts. And all of a sudden, the color in his face just starts to just draw out out like they were serious. <laughs> and, and like five minutes goes on, everyone else is getting the gifts and laughing. And here's my son, just like. So without him realizing, I sneak into the garage and I walk out after five minutes of him, no color in his face, and I'll pull out the drone and say, hey, by the way, we also got you this. 
and he cracks it open. He's like, it's the one I wanted. And you know, he's going crazy. He's, Can I go fly it down? I'm like, no, you can't fly it. We're going to do the rest of the gifts. And who knows? It's, some, it's more exciting to give those gifts than to get them. And I was just like, we were like, yeah, this is awesome. And to see him and how he enjoyed it, he eventually crashed it and it cost me money to repair it. But, but you know, I mean, he had a whole bunch of fun with it. And, and uh, it just, uh, I think it was the year before or the year after with, with Eden, she got into Justin Bieber. Any kids, parent, any parents with Justin, they, their, their kids got Bieber fever. I mean, our daughter got Bieber fever. And so we found that Bieber was coming to Australia at the time. So it comes to Christmas and we're giving her all these presents. And my, my daughter, she, she's the one that's one of those people, girls that just love living, living their life on the sleeve. Like she'll walk in the morning, I love you, dad. Give me a cuddle. I can't walk past her if I haven't seen her for less than for more than an hour without her giving me a cuddle. That's, that's the kind of girl she is, right? And so we're there, we're giving all the presents and then uh, as as she opens up this little bit of paper we've got the tickets in there for Bieber and a little note saying for your mum to go to Bieber and so she opens it up she reads she's like Justin Bieber tickets and she turns around to us and she's got tears running down her face and she's like hugging them going I'm going to Justin Bieber concert with tears running I mean there's nothing more exciting as a parent when you give your kids a gift and they are so thankful and they, are, they find it as such value. And here we see uh, this, this scripture says, fan into flame the gift of God that is on your life. So the reality is the gift that you have is different to the gift that I have. But you've got to understand the Father of heaven uniquely formed you before you were even thought of in your mother's womb with a destiny and a purpose and then a gift attached exactly from him. I wonder if the Father of heaven, every time he gets that gift, he says, here is my little box, this this treasure that I have for every single individual person. And here you go. This is my gift for you on earth. We, we, we just throw this, oh, yeah, the gift of God in my life, like it's just another thing. But you've got to realize this is His specific gift for your life, given to you to express Him on earth. It's just something that's holy. It's something that's incredible. And here is Paul saying to Timothy, I remind you, don't just go out and preach to people. Just don't go do what you do. Know how to fan and to flame the gift of God that is on your life because it's in that place as you keep on stirring that gift is where you will have the impact for the kingdom of God. Some of you might have seen this video before. Maybe some of you just haven't, but it's, it's American Australian Idol. Just uh, American Australian Idol, that doesn't make sense. American Idol, um, have you look at this. It's got a kid called Cody Lee. I'm Cody. Hi, Cody. I'm Cody Lee. How incredible, hey? You know, the most incredible thing is the gift of God on our lives. The Bible says it comes without repentance. That's why you see people out in the world today that have the prophetic gift are out doing tarot readings and all these other things today. Because the Bible says that the gift of God, whether you respond to Him and, and invite Him into your life or not, it is there for you to tangibly grab a hold of. And I, I couldn't help as I saw this on Facebook as this young kid with autism and was blind. But God gives every person 
a gift to God on their lives. And, and just, saw, just one person saw the potential of that gift and it took him from being an autistic kid that was blind to all of a sudden, in the moment of his gift, started ministering to other people. Because when we walk in the gift of God on our lives, then we can be able to be a minister and minister to other people. I want to just bring four thoughts to you today on how we as people can stir and fan into flame the gift of God in our lives afresh, that we can look afresh, no matter whether you've been in church in the house of God for 40 years or you've been here today for 40 minutes. Today, God wants to stir the gift of God on your life today because when you know what that gift is, then you can run in it and you can impact and be all that God has called you to be. Number, number one is this. They are your, the gift of God is your transaction of heaven on earth. Every gift has a vehicle. See, the reality is I understand the two gifts of my life. I understand it's the gift of leadership and, and I have the gift of giving. I, even when I was a pastor, I used to love, I couldn't wait, get to that miracle offering time to, to be able to come and give. I, I was a youth pastor on $400 a week and I was, we're, Asia and I were making commitments of, of $3,000 to sow into the kingdom of God. Our budget for our groceries and our living, living that week and to pay the bills and to bless others was $72 a week. That was our budget after paying rent and everything and electricity, but we couldn't wait. You know what? I bought and sold cars. I sold boats. I was always one of the biggest givers because I, I knew this gift was in my life. And, and I, I just loved being out of part, sowing into the, into the kingdom of God, knowing that that gift was stirring and burning in me. And as God spoke to me in that moment of time, I remember God taking me back to a 16-year-old kid. I got a prophetic word. My mom and dad were running the Carindale Church or City, what is now City Point, back in the day there uh, before that handed on to Mark and Lee. I remember being a PK kid and this guy called John Avanzini was preaching for us. He was a, he was a finance guru from America. And, and in the middle of his preaching, he just stopped for me and he runs down off the platform and he says, I see you're going to unlock the financial realms of the kingdom of God over Australia. And he starts giving me this full-on prophecy. Oh, I'm standing there as this young on fire young guy saying you got it wrong mate i'm gonna be a pastor and, and, and like i'm like having this conversation with the holy spirit holy spirit so I'm, i remember in that moment of time the holy spirit said you watch i will reveal it to you one day never thought about it again 20 years later i literally had never thought about that prophetic word again as a pk kid you get a lot I just want to put it out there. So, so you really don't pay that much attention to them. And off I went in the journey. And 20 years later, God speaks to me in a moment of time. And you know what he brings me straight back to? John Avanzini, when I was 16 years old, he said, you remember, you remember I had the conversation with you? Well, I'm about to reveal to you what the next journey of your life is. And so he unlocks. And so that's why I had the confidence to go to Asia and say, oh, I feel God's doing this because God's about to unlock the next generation. See, see the un, the unlock the next thing that God's doing for me. See, in the reality, the, the world wants us to focus on the vehicle, not the gift. We go to uni the university to work on the vehicle. We start a business and make money. And the business is the vehicle, you've got to realize. The gift is the gift of giving and the spirit is an entrepreneur. But the reality is I can build the best business in the entire world, make millions of dollars and have big houses and do all those things. Unless I'm activating the gift of giving, one day I will stand before heaven just like Paul was talking about. And I will have to ask the question, did I run the race? that God, God's not going to say, good business. You ran a good business. He's going to say, no, 
accepted the gift that I gave you was my treasure from heaven to you to bring heaven down to earth. How much did you give? How much did you mature that gift and develop it and and take that entrepreneurial spirit that I put into you and to develop all the things that you do so you can give? And I realized that the vehicle sometimes becomes the focus and not the gift. We go to university and we learn all of our careers and all our professionals, but you've got to realize those professions are only vehicles for the gift of God. Can we just put the the gifts that we see in in the New Testament, right? We see all these gifts. We see leadership. We see prophetic. We see evangelistic. We see serving, faith, tongues, knowledge, administration. We see teachers, help and helps or ministries, healing, giving, sorry, interpretation of tongues, apostle, pastor, mercy, miracles, discernment, wisdom. These are all the different gifts that God comes and gives to every single one of us. Typically, we have a predominant one and a secondary one. And all depending on our journey in life, we will walk through it. Who knows that as we start to, to, to develop this gift, we start to realize it becomes our warfare. We can realize through the realities I could jump on this platform and I could try my best to worship Lee, but I am not gifted to worship Lee. Please no, that's right. Please no. My wife will be especially saying, please no. And, and the reality is God can't anoint, anoint something that I'm not gifted in. But when I walk in my gift, all of a sudden the anointing of God comes down because you realize God gives this gift to you to then minister to others. It's not there to minister to yourself. It is there to empower you. There is nothing more rewarding when you start to outwork the gift of God in your life. It energizes you. It speaks to you. You can be doing the exact same thing as someone else and they're sitting there going, this is de-energizing me. And you can be sitting there going, it excites me. Like for instance, the gift of administration. I can't think of anything worse. The gift of administration literally in the Greek context literally means to do task with perfection. What an incredible thought, right? And, and there are so many gifted people in, in this world that are gifted with the gift of administration. They just love detail and creating task lists. So I sit and go, oh my goodness me. Let me employ that person, please. I can't think of anything worse. And there's nothing more de-energizing to my life is when I have to do things that aren't in my gift. But when I get in my gift, I love it. I'm energized. I feel like I can carry weight and pressure. And here Paul reminds you, take that warfare of the gift of God and stir it and fan it into flame. The longer you have it, the more you mature it, the more you grow it, the more you stretch it. Because remember, it is God's gift to you to bring heaven to earth around you. And people say, oh, it's just for pastors. It's just for the church to come here on a Sunday. No, 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 no. Can I tell you right now, right across all of these, I believe I am just as much a minister today without the title of pastor. I am just as much a minister of the gospel today when I don't have to jump. You know, this is literally the second time since four years since I handed over my church that I've actually preached in a Sunday service. And I still feel the call of God and the destiny of God and the ministry of God in my life just as strong today than four years ago when I handed all the churches that God had called us to do because I realized the gift of God in my life is not about standing on a platform. It's about creating my own platform and saying, God, I'm bringing heaven to earth wherever I go. 
fan into flame and I can take that warfare. And I realize that that gift is my anointing. It's my ability to be able to then be anointed to be able to minister. For you, it might be helps. For you, it might be administration. For you, it might be prophetic. And, and you can see the prophetic utterance of other people in life. It, it might be wisdom. It might be mercy that you just see people and your heart just breaks for people every time you see people in need. You just want to be able to be out there and help them. Whatever it might be, you understand this. The world wants you to focus on the vehicle. And when we can get so caught up in the vehicle, you can become a doctor. And unless you realize that the doctor's anointed to help people, not to just outwork medicine, but to help people and sit there and stand before them and say, I care for you. And I want to help you in your sickness. It is a gift on their life. And, they, and they've gone through all this university and all this medicine to learn how to help people. And it's now a gift on their life and God can bring heaven to earth and whatever it might be in your life. If you don't know the gift of God in your life, then start to get out there and start trying things. Because the way you find out what the gift of God is in your life, does it energize you? Do you love doing it? Do you love serving people? Do you love, do you love whatever it might be, just get out there and start trying all the different gifts and you will start to realize really quickly what is the gift of God. Number two, your gift is given to you like a puppy. Has anyone ever had a puppy? They are so cute. My, do- my daughter calls it adorable. We've got a puppy at the moment. She calls, it, she calls her adorable every day. I call her a pain in the neck. She chews everything. Is anyone like me here? You see how cute they are, but then at the same time, you want to kick them up the butt so hard. At the moment, she's chewing her beds. So I go buy her a new bed. I'm not buying her expensive ones. I'm going straight to Kmart for the eight buck cheapies. And I buy her a new bed. I put it in it. The next day I come out, guess what? The bed's in a thousand pieces. And I'm like, this is your bed. You're sleeping on the tiles tonight. I'm not going and buying you another one. And so two days later, I'll go buy her another one. Guess what? I'll put it out there. Guess what happens? It's chewed in a hundred pieces again. And then I'll leave it out and won't put the one there for it. And then she'll go find Aisha's couch outside and she'll start chewing all the things. And I'm like, I want to kill you. Because the reality is when we first start the gift of God in our lives, it's very immature. And, and, and when, we, when it's first given to us, it's immature. And the reality is some people, the Bible says every single one of us are given a measure. So there might be some incredible people. I, I, I remember growing up in ministry and I had this one friend that had an incredible ability of word of knowledge. Amazing. He could, we could turn up, we used to turn up the rock, literally turn up the party. We'd, we'd lead someone to Christ. And, and, and they would we'd say, where's the parties you used to go to? Where they were doing drugs and we'd just rock up. And my mate would just start giving words of knowledge. But boom, just like literally telling them what's happening in their lives, like listing it out. And we'd be just like that. that. And, and they'd be like, yeah, how do you do this? I remember one time we turned up to a party and he's giving words of knowledge. So I just thought I better join in as well. God, you better help me because I'm not real good at this. And I started doing as well. And people literally, they're taking drugs and drinking booze. They're like, this is the best party we've ever had. Like, who's, can I be next? Can I be next? And we're like giving them words and knowledge. But so immature in his own life. Didn't know how to hold the gift of God in his life and didn't know how to mature it. And, and, and today is not being effective in the gift of God that's on his life. Because you've got to realize it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that's given to you, but then you need the fruit of the Holy Spirit that gives you patience, 
and perseverance and gives you love and, and that you can come through the vehicle of those areas and realize that I've got to mature that gift. I've got to make that gift accountable to leadership. I've got to bring it under other people so that it can be developed and matured and grown. And so I'm not just developing the, mirror, the vehicle, but I'm now developing the gift of God on my life. There are so many people, and I, and I think this is so sad, that can sit in church for 30 years and still not have developed the gift of God on their lives. What an incredible thought that one day we will all stand before heaven. And we're not judged on our salvation. It's at the point of faith and belief. All I have to do is believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and that He has died the ultimate. I am not judged on my salvation, but I will stand before Him and be accountable for the destiny, the call, and the gift of God in my life. And how I was effective in running the race that He called me to. So we've got to make sure that we take our gifts and the call of God and we say, God, I'm going to mature that and I'm going to focus on it and I'm going to develop it. I'm not just going to focus on the vehicle because I could go focus on business to I'm, to I'm making millions and not giving anything. And I've not developed the gift of God in my life. That we can say, God, whatever it takes. Uh, Aisha and I... Uh, are already starting to develop the gift of God on our lives, on our kids' lives. Who knows that you see your kids and you can start to see the gift of God on their lives. And, uh, and my son, we, we were uh, four years ago went to America and and he's just got the gift of mercy. He just just loves uh, seeing people and the gift of helps. And so I remember one time he, we, we start, started to see uh, you know street people everywhere in LA and in New York, and it really impacted. And he was about 11 years old and these people living on the street, and he was just like we can't go past without giving them some money or something, mum and dad. Literally, he would have sent us bankrupt. He was just like wanting to give everything money. And so, it was, so we were like, son, we can't give every bit of money we have to every person we see. On this. And he was just like torn. He was like, but we've got to help these people. Dad, we can't be pastors and not help these people. And like he's 11 years old and he's preaching to me. right? And so, so he, We'd be at Hungry Jack's or Burger King, what they call over there, and he'd go back to go get his dessert, and then he'd come back with a whole nother meal. I'm like, well, you got a whole nother meal. You already had your meal. He's like, just because I have, Dad. And we'd walk out. He would walk straight down, and he'd keep on walking until he found a street person that was living on the street, and he'd walk up and say, here you go. This is from me to you. And he just can't help it. He now is at school, and he won some headphones the other day, and here he had his own headphones, and his friend didn't have headphones. These headphones were worth a couple hundred dollars. And he says, here you go. I'll give them to you. And his friend's mum lives on welfare. And so he's calling me up saying, Dad, we've got to take groceries to them. And there's always, no matter what, there's this gift of God. So we're now helping develop Isaiah, knowing how we've taken him on missions trips and, and started to develop the gift of God. Where my daughter, she's nine years old. And she went to an expo with my wife the other day with one of our businesses we're looking at developing. And she walks past a, a business with a 12-year-old girl and her mum called Glitter Girls. And she looks at Aisha and she goes, I could do a business that, mum. I could do a mermaid business. She goes home, she gets the computer out, she draws her own logo, she lists out all the things she's going to sell. She's on the, on the recording uh, messages to her, uh, to her uncle who does all artwork and websites. Uh, you're going to build this for me and I want it with this colours and I'm going to create this. And she's named the business and she's working out all the lists of the things she's selling. Uh, and then she's saying to her uncle, and you're going to do it for free for me because you're family. She's... She, 
she's pestering us like at 10.30 at night, she's like running in. Oh, but mom, we've got to do this. I can't sleep. I can't stop thinking about it. She is like energized. She's launching her first business at nine years old. And, and, and she can't, she's so excited. I'm looking and going, there's the entrepreneur in my family. I've been trying to get my son and he just wants to give everything away. And, 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 and now my daughter, she's I'm like, well, I know who to hand my businesses to now. But when you see the gift of God, you can't help it. All it takes is just someone to believe in it. I couldn't help but I saw that mother that just believed in her son saw the potential and can I tell you today as church as we sit beside people all it takes is to say you know what I see there's a gift in you there you, you can you can rise soon just speak that potential over their lives let them rise with strength because the gift of God as they start to find that place it starts to give them warfare and it starts to give them an anointing to be able to minister and in that place they will find the destiny and the call of God and in that place they're doing the transactions of heaven to earth Number three, a mature gift that sits will give you bed sores. A mature gift that sits will give you bed sores. My, my, my nan died at 96 years old, but from around about 86 years old, she, her body gave way. So she was as sharp as anything. She would be, you know, giving, you know burning you. You'd be, you'd be sitting there talking. She was as deaf as a doornail, so you had to yell when you were talking to her. And she'd be sharp as anything, but her body was just given away. So she's just lying there getting bed sores because she couldn't move. Aisha and I handed the church over four years ago after literally out of school, in a Bible college, into doing ministry, leadership, sitting on, on, on and leadership boards and, and planning churches and all these things. So all of a sudden we handed it over, moved to Melbourne, went to a church where no one knew who we were. And all of a sudden we're sitting in a church as a congregation. Can I tell you, it was nothing more. My phone was typically running out of battery by, by midday and then I'm trying to find a charge because I'd go for a meeting, get to the end of the meeting, there's seven missed calls. Now all of a sudden, my phone doesn't get called for days on end, you know, and, and, and I'm sitting in the congregation and all of a sudden you start to see, oh, they could do that better. Oh, they could do that better. Why don't they do it this way? And, and before you know it, I remember Aisha had to say something to me, Jack, you're becoming critical. And I'm like, you're right, because I'm sitting here not being activated, I can start to see from a critical eye. And I had to realize I had to get activated in a different way. I knew God wasn't, I knew it wasn't my season to be doing that, but I knew that God had to take that gift of leadership that I had in my life. And I started, so I just started calling up random pastors. Hey, do you want me to just to stand beside you? How can I help input into helping you build your church? One guy says, yep, no drummers, let's start meeting every second week. So I started meeting with him every second week, started helping him create structure and leadership in the life of this church and helping build his teams. And I'm, I'm sitting behind, no one has a clue who I am. And all of a sudden I'm out working the gift of God in my life. And I felt like the cynicism and the cynical just started to move aside. And I felt like I could input again. Why? Because the gift of God's there for a reason. And when you mature it, and then all of a sudden something happens and a little hurt happens and I'm just going to not do anything. And we chuck our little tantrum. Before you know it, we can sit with the eye of cynicism. I, I was just sitting with someone the other day that I'd seen minister so powerfully over the years when I was pastoring churches and just catching up with him. And his whole conversation to me was just out of a, a, a different spirit. And I said, come on, you're better than this. Don't just sit there in this church because the longer you sit, the more you'll become critical. And the critical people don't build the kingdom of God. When you can start to say, no, I'm a mature gift, so how can I contribute? Maybe you mightn't stand on the platform like you used to. Then start to champion the next generation. Realize that our gifts are not about our security. They're about us releasing 
and unlocking heaven on earth. Whatever it might be, say, God, how can I unlock that gift on not just my life, but on others? See, the reality is the enemy is a liar. Maybe I've found that the, the, the gift of God in our lives typically is the place where the enemy will attack us. If there, if there is ever going to be hurt that's going to come in your life in the in kingdom of God, typically it's because where you are functioning in your gift and someone says something to, to you or someone disappoints you and it's in that place that disappointment can come. And can I, can I invite you again? I, I know you might have heard it a hundred times if you've been in church for as, as long as uh, Jesus has been around. But can I remind you again? Fan into flame. Stir that gift of God again. Stir it up again today. Don't just sit here in the cynical eye and say, no, God, I'm going to start to stir that gift of God in my life. I'm going to start to turn the flames up. I'm going to start to let that air of the wind of the Spirit stir the flames of God in my life. And I finish with this last one. Build your platform to build others, not yourself. Build your platform with the gift of God in your lives for others, not yourself. See, the two main scriptures we see in the, in the New Testament where the gifts of God are revealed are in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans chapter 12. And both of these chapters, uh, as they start to talk about the body and all the joints supplying, as we all become, it says in this scripture, how can if we all become ears, how do we see? No, we need eyes and ears and mouthpieces, but we also need eternal parts that are hearts and lungs. And when we all join together with our gifts of God and we all unite together with the gift and the destiny and the purpose of God that are all unique to us, the kingdom of God expands and it grows. And you've got the gift of the giver sown into the kingdom of God. You've got the prophetic, bringing a prophetic unction. You've got the mercy person that's reaching out to the broken. You've got the preacher, the teacher that's teaching the Word of God. You've got the leader leading teams and building people. And when we all start to join together, the church becomes a powerful unit that is unstoppable. It's unpenetrable. It says that the very gates of hell cannot stop it. When we all start to join together and we all be who God's called us to be and we don't try to copy someone else's gift but we say God what have you called me to be and what is the destiny and the purpose that you've got for me and when we when we understand this we're not looking at trying to build our platform to promote ourselves but we realize that our gift is to release the anointing to minister to others so the great thing is you see chapter 12 but if you read right at the end of chapter 12 it leads straight into chapter 13 and says you can have all the gifts in the world to prophesy. But without love, it's like a clanging symbol. And it goes on and says that if you can have all those great things, but without the DNA of love to love others, then it means nothing. And then you see Romans chapter 12, it starts off with saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And, do, and, and, and it paints this amazing picture that it's not just about you having a little bit, it's about you laying down your whole life. And then it takes you straight into the next part and it says, and don't think too highly of yourself. Just before it's about to set up talking about gifts again. So firstly, it says, lay down your life. It means nothing to you. It is an honour to present your life before God every single day. And don't think too much of yourself because I'm about to talk about your gifts. And then it finishes chapter 12 with, if someone's wrong you, then don't curse them. Actually, present it before God and let God be the judge, not you. 
Because you know what it's saying? Because he realizes that every time these chapters in the Bible, he's going to talk about gifts. It realizes it could be the most point of hurt. As a pastor that I ministered as a pastor for 12 to 15 years, I'll be honest with you, the, the most counseling sessions I had was where someone had stepped out in their gift and they'd loved God and they'd given their best and somewhere they'd got discouraged or hurt or disappointed. And now they're coming before me as a broken vessel, pouring out their heart and I'm saying, just, just get back in again. I can't get back in, Jack. But I'm, I'm sitting there going, say, hey, hey, if you sit on the sideline, you're only gonna become cynical. Pick that gift back up again. No, I can't do it, Jack. Yes, you can. And I stand here refreshed today after all these years now in business and all this. And I still say it again. If you've put down that gift today, can I tell you, stir that flame again. Burn it and burn again. Pick it up again. Can I tell you, realize this, that yes, hurt can come. Disappointment can come. But the great privilege is we don't own God. We don't owe God anything. So yes, people will let me down and people will let you down. But can I tell you, we serve a faithful God that will never let us down. We serve a God that says, I will love you and I will pour out my spirit upon you. And I'll place you on this earth for a season and at a time such as this. So bring your gift to me again and give again and serve again and love again and watch what I will do with that anointed vessel that you are. See, the reality is when we get disappointed, it isolates us and the enemy will isolate us. But when we come back before God and say, God, today, I'm not gonna be isolated. I'm gonna bring it back to accountability again. Bring your leader up again and say, I'm ready to serve again. Bring your team and say, I'm ready to get back involved again. I haven't done it for a while, but I just feel the stirring of the gift of God. I'm ready to get back involved again. And remember, remember this, it's God's precious gift to you. You're not doing this for your leader. You're not doing it for your church pastors. You're not doing it for anyone else. You know what you're doing it for? You're an ambassador of heaven. You're standing before heaven and saying today, I thank you that you gave me this unique gift and call. And I'm gonna run again with endurance. I'm gonna give my best again. I'm gonna serve again the best. I'm gonna take up my cross again. And yes, sometimes it's painful, but I'm gonna give my best again because we're not doing it for others. We're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. And when we join together every joint supply, the Bible says we are an expansive unit. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.